0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. So we're going to
1: continue our series today. And uh, it's about the kingdom of God. And so, you know, it's an interesting thing, the whole kingdom of God, because we don't use the word kingdom like it's not the kingdom of Toowoomba anymore. But once upon a time, there used to be a lot of kingdoms. And, uh, you know, we think about kingdoms now, and there's not that many really. We've got the United Kingdom, and we all know about the United Kingdom and what that represents. But then I was thinking about this and I thought, well, what's a kingdom that I know about? And the only thing that I could think about was the kingdom of Disneyland. (laughs) You know, the the kingdom of Disneyland's an interesting thing because, um, you know, they say it's the happiest place on earth. They say that it's, you know, the most magical place on earth. And I started thinking about this and I thought, well, who's been to Disneyland firstly? well, there's a few of you who would like to go to Disneyland if I had free tickets. Who couldn't care less about Disneyland whatsoever? Okay, well, bear with me for a little bit. But, um, you know, if I was to say to you, what does Disneyland have to offer you? What are the things that you would expect when you went to Disneyland? So maybe just yell out what you would think that that would be. What was that? Happy kids. Okay. That's good. Maybe happy parents too. What was that? Rides? Did I hear? Rides? Fun? What was that? Food? Yeah, Fairy floss on sticks, you see. I can't. Dancing. Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. Maybe I'm showing my age. Maybe there's other characters now that I don't even know what they are. But you know, it's interesting that if we think about these things, we can straight away just roll off some of the things that we would expect of Disneyland, the kingdom of Disneyland. But my question is are we as confident in um, yelling out the things that we expect and understand and know of the kingdom of God? So, the kingdom of God is the central theme to uh, the teachings of Jesus. And throughout this his ministry, he spoke often of the kingdom. So he uses a few things. He'll use the kingdom of God sometimes, and a similar thing, the kingdom of heaven. Let me tell you, they're the same place. Okay, just so, just so you know, they, he's describing it as both the present reality, but also a future hope. So it's a present, but also a future place. Matthew six thirty-three. Um, Matthew teaches us this, seek the kingdom of God above all else. So there's a really good, easy teaching. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. But how can we seek the kingdom of God if we don't know what it's all about? So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. So in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus asked his Um, Listeners to understand an intangible reality that they couldn't see um, with their physical eyes, and that was the kingdom of God. He knew that they only could engage this reality with their eyes, um, the eyes of their hearts. So he chose to use stories, as Jesus so beautifully did through his ministry. And we commonly know them as parables. He used these to illustrate his meaning, describing the kingdom of God like a mustard seed that grows into a beautiful tree, or a treasure hidden in a field that someone discovers. So the word kingdom occurs about 162 times in the New Testament, and that's not including the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of God occurs quite regularly. Clearly, the kingdom of God is a central story to the Gospels. So, what exactly is the kingdom of God and what does it mean for us here today? To put it simply, because I'm a simple kind of a person and I like to put things simply, the kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God over all things. It is the absolute expression of God's sovereignty and power in the world. Jesus spoke often about the one subject more than angels, more than hell, more than the law or the supernatural. Jesus loved to talk about his home. He loved to talk about the kingdom of God. Jesus also taught that the kingdom of God is not limited to a physical location or a particular group of people. It is not political. It's not nationalistic. It's not a nationalistic entity. Instead, it is a spiritual reality that um, exists wherever well, listen to this. Wherever God's will is done, in the Lord's prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, "Your kingdom come, Your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven." And uh, it's not just the king. It's not just God's kingdom. You know, so many times we hear of the kingdom of God. But you know what? It's not just God's kingdom. But for those of us that have said yes to following Jesus and have submitted our lives to him and are walking and living in his grace, guess what? It's our kingdom too. We are citizens of heaven. Now, for those of you who are sitting there and going, ooh, but I haven't actually said yes to following Jesus. That's okay. Just bear with me. We will give you an opportunity at the end of the service to, if that's what you'd like to do. So as, as citizens of heaven, we need to be agents of change. So that is what a disciple is. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22, I'm reading from the message. It says this. That's plain enough, isn't it? Uh, You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here. In what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as a cornerstone that holds the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. What a reassuring scripture, hey, about who we are and who we belong to. So I thought of this whole thing about a citizen of heaven. And I thought about, you know, it's interesting because I've recently just had to get a new passport. Passports are really interesting things because... When you go and get your passport photo taken, I don't know if you've noticed, but you're not allowed to smile. Now, I reckon there's a reason behind this because if you do happen to do something wrong overseas, you already look like a criminal, okay? (laughs) So, I am not going to show anyone this photo because I don't even think it's me personally. But um, anyway, we have these passports and I do a little bit of travel and it's important that I have this passport because this passport is what tells me that I am a citizen of Australia. And so, when I go to another country as a citizen of Australia, I need to have this passport to prove who I am and where I'm from. But also, while I'm in a different country, I also have to represent this country well. Okay. You with me? So imagine if we had a passport reflecting our true citizenship, a heavenly passport. Remember that scripture I just spoke about from Ephesians telling us where our true citizenship lies? Imagine if we had a heavenly passport. Imagine... um, if we had to reflect the kingdom of God? Are we reflecting it well? So here are four things, just four. There could probably be 400, if I was honest. But here are four things to be aware of as a citizen of heaven. So number one, if you're taking notes. Does anyone take notes these days? No, some people maybe, all right. Number one, as a citizen of heaven, know the importance of prayer. As a citizen of heaven, your primary battles are spiritual. That's the bad news. But the good news is, so are your weapons. Your weapons are spiritual as well. You can do something that the world cannot do, and that is you can approach the throne room of God. I think sometimes we forget about prayer and what it is, that we are entering into the throne room of God and he hears our every prayer. You know, I thought it was beautiful when I heard this week about what Liz was talking about, about the group that, you know, just sought God in prayer together. And, um, you know, the Holy Spirit moved and I just think to myself, sometimes I think we just mess this whole prayer thing up and that we forget how powerful this weapon actually is. And so I want to encourage you to continue to seek God in all things as a citizen of heaven because, you know, prayer has the power to change. Even if you don't feel it, you're not experiencing it, I can guarantee you that your prayers are being heard by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Philippians 4, 5 to 7, let everyone see that you are unselfish and considerate in all that you do. Remember that the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, so here it's telling us, you know, don't worry. Instead, instead of worrying, pray about everything. I wonder if that's your first response. Whenever the worry starts to rise in you, is it right? That's it. Instead, I'm going to pray. I had a situation where I felt like God spoke to me about something and I knew that fear was standing almost right next to me and I had a decision to make. I had a decision to go, okay, am I going to allow this fear, this worry, this concern to consume me as it possibly could? Because this was a fairly serious thing that, was, um, that I felt God spoke to me about. But then I also thought it went instead and I just said, okay, God, I give this to you because I don't want to carry that fear. So pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. Hmm, that's interesting, isn't it? You know, sometimes we forget that that God is doing things and we're so um, caught up in asking for things that we forget to say, oh, and by the way, thank you so much for what you're doing. Because I can guarantee you there's the things that God is doing in your life that you don't even know about. You know, the fact that you are even here and that you are healthy enough to be here, what a blessing. If you do this, you will experience God's peace. Wow. Do we not have the peace that we need in the world today because we're not doing this? If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than a human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Jesus Christ. Even if you don't think it or feel it, sometimes we go so much on our feelings that um, we forget that God is at work. He's at work, he's listening. The timing might not be the timing that you want, but he is definitely up to something. I always think of prayer this way. You know, a lot of people go ages without praying or just even communicating something to God. And I just think, imagine in my relationship with my husband, if I didn't speak to him for long periods of time. That is not building a relationship with him. He might be very thankful of that, actually. (laughs) But you know what? If I went long periods of time without asking him and, and speaking and communicating and challenging and all those different things, that's not building relationship. And I think it's so important that we build, continue to build relationship with Jesus. Number two, as a citizen of heaven, keep away from worldly things that wage against your soul. First Peter 2, 9 to 11, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness and into the wonderful light. Once you had no identity as people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. So, dear friends, I warn you temporary I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners wow. to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors then even as sorry then even if they accuse you of doing wrong they will see your honorable behavior And they will give honour to God when he judges the world. I believe as citizens of heaven, as people who have chosen God first in our lives, that there are some things that we need to lay down. The enemy is using these things to hold us back from being all that God has created us to be and from experiencing the fullness of the kingdom of God. So here are a few. Now, before I go through these things, I'm just gonna say I am not going to win friends over these things, okay? But you know what? I'm not here to win friends. I'm here to make sure that we make disciples, okay? Some people are gonna feel the shackles on their back go up on this. But I challenge you, what is God saying to you, okay? Because the enemy is a dog and he will subtly use different things to come in and bring a wedge into your life, okay? He's not going to make it all show and everything. It's subtle things, counterfeit things, okay? So things like social media, the internet, TV series, movies, games and music, okay, all in all in themselves, not necessarily bad things. However, is your mind being filled with pornographic images? with violence, with witchcraft, with materialism. It could be because you are so caught up in these things of the world, um, could it be that we are so caught up with these things of the world, believing that they are just fun or just entertainment, that this is the reason we don't see the miracles as much as we did once upon a time. We put so much time into these things and then we're able to sit back and say, "Uh, well, I just don't have time to read my Bible or pray. And yet we've been on the internet for hours or playing video games for copious amounts of time. Um, There are some things that I thought were just harmless and fun or entertainment that I had to let go of. And, uh, you know, I know even not that long ago, Murray and I had been watching a TV series for a while and all of a sudden it got very graphic in a sexual nature. And um, you know what? You don't have to download porn these days to see pornography. You just have to watch some TV series and there's as much pornography in that as downloading something. And um, you know what? It's something that will keep you back from experiencing the things of God. And we just said to each other, we cannot watch that anymore. And so if anything of that nature comes up on any of the TV series that we are watching, it's a no-go for us. Um, And um, yeah, so stay away from all forms of witchcraft and idolatry. Now, not adultery, but stay away from that as well. (laughs) Idolatry, things that you worship and, you know, you think, well, what? What's that? What could that possibly be? Well, do you know what? The New Age movement is making a big comeback. I don't know if you've noticed, but things are really ramping up in as far as these sorts of things go. So here's some things. Mediums. These are things to stay away from, okay? Mediums, Ouija boards, tarot cards. Now, can I just briefly tell you a little bit of a story about a tarot card? Um, I was reading this recently about a lady who was saying just to have an awareness about this because um, her daughter came home from school and she was emptying her lunchbox. And as she was emptying her lunchbox, she noticed something at the bottom of her lunchbox. Now, this is a Christian lady, Christian home, church-going family. And um, when she saw there was a little card down the bottom of the um, lunchbox, she picked it up and it was a tarot card. You know, this is how subtly things will come into your home. There's a tarot card. Stay away from seances, Reiki, Eastern meditation rituals, yoga. Did you know that those poses used in yoga are worshipped to Hindu gods? Sorry, just bringing it. Horoscopes, crystals, I was talking to Brooke about this whole crystal thing and it's really sad because crystals are a natural thing from our earth and I think crystals are beautiful. However, the new age have grabbed hold of that. They've grabbed hold of the beauty of God's creation and turned it around and saying that that crystal will bring you health, wholeness and healing. I can tell you right now that crystal will not bring you health, healing, wholeness at all. Um, religious statues including buddhas or hindu gods or wooden artifacts can sometimes you know you go away and you think oh how cool is this thing um, but you know sometimes they're things that have been prayed over i had recently heard a story about an ex um cult priest and he said that they used to pray over things like that all the time all the time You know, some of these things come off because they say that um, they'll ward off evil spirits and stuff like that. Um, Also, another thing that I want to put into this whole category is um, Freemasonry. Um, And, you know, that's just another thing as a part of this list. And you may say, well, I'm not a Freemason or I'm not into any of those things that you just read out. But let me tell you, there's something interesting and very powerful um, from the enemy that can go through lines of families with this stuff. And we actually have to, as Christians, we have the authority and power. You see, the enemy has no power. We've got the authority and power to break these things, but I think you have to have enough awareness about you to break them. Okay? And I want to give us an opportunity maybe to after the service to break some of those things because the enemy's having a feel of, day of getting in those little cracks And I just wonder, anxiety, depression, fear, all these things that people are experiencing, is there cracks? What are the cracks? You know, I'd I'd encourage you when you go home just to even pray through your house, put some worship music on, pray through your house and just say, God, is there anything that's not of you here that I need to get rid of? Because you know what? I just feel as far as we're concerned, I do not want the enemy to have the slightest foothold in my life at all. The enemy is always looking at ways to stop you from connecting with God and being part of his kingdom. Since the Garden of Eden, Satan's major focus is to divert human hearts from worshipping the one true God. I remember having a conversation with one of my family members Um, who's not of faith, and um, we were having this conversation how there was a concern with something that was going on within the family, and they said to me, (laughs) standing there, and they said to me, oh, well, I'm actually sending good vibes to the universe. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, I actually pray to the one who created the universe. (laughs) I felt like a bit of a smarty pants, but I just needed to put, hang on a minute, you, you go there. Well, I can tell you there's one power, one power source. Any practice that dabbles in a power source other than the Lord Jesus Christ is witchcraft. And all the other things are counterfeit. See, this is a thing he tries to replicate the things of God. The enemy tries to replicate these things, and they come in subtly, just really subtly, into your life. And uh, I think it's time that, as a, as a church, as a community of believers, we just go. You know what? Enough, yeah. enough. Let's break this. Paul warns the Galatians about this in Galatians five nineteen to twenty one. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, adultery, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of a life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you resonate with any of those things, look for the crack. Look for the crack and just say, you know, the the great thing is I don't want you to feel like, oh my gosh, this is so heavy, what am I going to do? We have authority as Christians As believers in Jesus, we have authority over all these things. It's time that we take the authority back, okay? Then Paul teaches us again um, to the church in Philippi of how we should think and how we should live. So he's told us what not to do there, and then he goes on to tell us in Philippians 4, 8 to 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right, pure, lovely and admirable. Maybe we should just use that as a filter before watching something. Maybe we should use that as a filter before playing some of the games that we play that are filled with sorcery and witchcraft and all sorts of things. Be careful what your kids are playing, guys because, you know, it's just fun, it's just entertainment. Well, if that's what you want to give the enemy a little crack of getting in, well, that's up to you. But that's not for me and my household because we're going to serve the Lord. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace. Wow, there it is again, then the God of peace will be with you. Who could do with a little bit more peace in their life? Yeah. Okay, number three. Is everyone okay? Yeah. Take a big, deep breath. Yeah. All right. You know, I just think on all that stuff, um, the scriptures talk about um, that we should seek godly wisdom. Seek godly wisdom and I will be... Pour it upon you, says the Lord. Seek godly wisdom. You know, for me, I've made some decisions about some things, some exercises, some things that I decide that I won't do because I just don't want to give at the enemy a little bit. That's me. I've decided. I've sought godly wisdom on it. What is it for you? Seek godly wisdom. Number three, as a citizen of heaven, have a heart for those in need. Very passionate about this one. (laughs) As followers of Jesus, we are called to participate in the kingdom of God by living according to God's will and his values. This means living lives of love, mercy, justice and humility and working to bring about God's purposes in the world. It means serving others. It means caring for the vulnerable and being an advocate for the marginalised. It means being ambassadors of reconciliation and agents of change in our communities and beyond. And I actually was writing that saying that, you know, we need to be um, ambassadors of reconciliation and agents of change in our communities and beyond. But you know what? Your first community is your family. And if you don't have, um, if you have, there's no peace in your family, maybe you are to be the agent of peace in your family, Maybe you, that's one thing that you need to let go of and be the agent of change and bring that reconciliation, even if you think you are so right. You know, it's not worth it if it's um, affecting relationship. Um, those in need, sometimes we hear, how do we have, you know, who are the people in need? Um, I think these people include... Um, people who have suffered from misfortune. I know that um, our church, the Highlands Church, actually helped um, some of the people in the flood areas recently. And I just think the church should be the first place to respond to these things. Um, So people who have suffered from misfortune or are suffering from oppression, sickness, loneliness, mental health issues, um, those who don't yet know Jesus, you see... These are the people who are in need. Remember, Jesus actually came to seek and save the lost. I don't want to labour on this because I actually preached a message um, a few months ago on this very subject. So I thought, well, I better not go down that path too much again. But, you know, I know for me, um, this subject is is pretty close to my heart because um, the Holy Spirit was tugging at me. We had about 18 or so years ago, might have been more than that, Um, we had a girl came to, to our house that was involved in our youth group back in Melbourne. And she had been on a trip with her school over to Thailand and she opened up her photo album, remember those things, those photo albums? Yeah. So she opened up her photo album and she started flicking through her photo album showing me of an orphanage that she went to over in Thailand. And I don't know what happened to me when I was looking at these photos, but the Holy Spirit was doing something to me and I could hardly see the photos because tears were just streaming down my face. And I was just like, God, what on earth are you doing here? But he planted a seed through that photo album. And then, look, this is a long story, so I'm gonna kind of make it short, but then I had an opportunity to travel to Northern Thailand up near the Golden Triangle to a um, children's home up there with my uncle and uh, Murray and I talked about it and he just said yeah go for it Just see what God wants to do and um, I've got to tell you God totally transformed my heart in that moment I started I came back from that and had so many people asking me about my trip and what I did and um, you know, I just know that I used to think that mission trips, especially to places like that, you needed to be Angelina Jolie or a, a nurse or a something like that to be able to go on these. And then I realised that, you know what, you just need to have a heart for people. Um, I used to think that I was going to be a blessing, which, you know, I am and we are, the groups that I take. However, I can tell you I've learnt more about myself going into those communities than I could ever bring anyone. And so um, I started this organisation called Go Beyond All Borders, um, which is a mission organisation that actually helps support children living in poverty with education, healthcare, and a supportive faith environment. But you know what, I just believe fully and totally that as citizens of heaven, we need to be active, actively show compassion And listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit when it comes to people in need. We need to love one another and those that cross our path that need our support. Jesus taught us, um, taught on this, and did this so beautifully in his ministry on earth. In Matthew 3, 2, it tells us that every time Jesus would enter a town, he would say, repent for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, change your thinking and your actions because I'm bringing a new way of living and loving. Jesus then so beautifully, as I said, demonstrated those values by his actions I don't know if any of you here have watched The Chosen has has anyone watched The Chosen the series highly highly recommend you watch it I have actually fallen more in love with Jesus after watching that so I think it's brilliant but one of the things that is so noticeable is Jesus love for people in need it's absolutely gorgeous the way that he moves towards these people. And I think as citizens of heaven, we need to be aware of people in need. And the fourth and final point. As a citizen of heaven, always, always, always be prepared to give reason for the hope that you have. 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16 Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if, you, and if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. I think sometimes we take parts of scriptures and forget some of the other parts. You know, do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you have lived um, because you belong to Christ. Have you ever been to an awesome restaurant and had the most amazing meal where every single thing you put in your mouth is just like a party? Has anyone had a meal like that? Some people are saying, yeah, that's my wife's cooking every day or (laughs) my husband's cooking <laughs> so, I've just said that about a restaurant. Some of you are thinking, oh, yeah, I know that restaurant that is. We actually had an incredible opportunity to have a beautiful dinner at an events place in town, and um, it was the most amazing meal. Everything that came out on our plate, the flavour and the food was just delicious. And, um, you know, it was just such a beautiful experience of just this intimate 12 of us just sitting around a round table eating food that was beautiful. And, you know, you just want to tell everyone about it, isn't it? It's like whenever you have a good meal, you just want to tell everyone, that chef there, oh, you should see that chef. He's amazing. He knows how to cook. Um, We had another meal in Brisbane recently. It was a 10-course degustation meal. It was an Italian meal. And same again. It was like, I couldn't wait to get on Insty just to put up all these photos of this beautiful meal that I had. Um, Or maybe it's a holiday destination. Maybe you're not into cooking like me. And maybe it's more, oh, the holidays. Yes, now I remember a place that I tell every single person about, You know, why is it that we're so keen to tell people about food or about the holiday destination and yet we're not so keen to talk about the amazing thing of the kingdom of God? Wouldn't it be great if we all had that same willingness, the same openness to share with others the beauty, the blessings, the wonder, and even the challenges of our faith? Jesus never got embarrassed or shied away from speaking about his father or the kingdom of God. He didn't care if people mocked him or challenged him or criticised him. He spoke about it anyway. And if you read the Gospels, he did. He got mocked. He got challenged. He got criticised. I remember a time as... Uh, young person, I I had, I was a Christian and I was driving along in my car on a really hot day with my windows down, I'm doing this because this is what we used to, how we used to put windows down everyone that's under 30, (laughs) so I had my windows down in the car and I I had my radio blasting with um, the latest Integrity Music cassette tape, does anyone (laughs) Does anyone know what a cassette tape is? <laughs> I am really showing my age now. But, you know, I had this integrity music going and I'm worshipping God and I pulled up at a red light. And all of a sudden I realised when I stopped that there's other cars with their windows down as well looking at me a bit weird. So straight away I leant to the, to the radio and I turned my music down because I was embarrassed I was embarrassed that here I am just worshipping. I was young and there was probably a car full of guys, no doubt, next to me. But I was just embarrassed. I know that there has also been multiple times when I should have spoken up about the things of my faith and I didn't. Times when I have been more concerned about what people thought of me rather than standing up for my faith. I'm going to read a scripture to you that when I read it, it's like... Oh, okay. It's in Luke 9, 26. And this is Jesus' teaching here. He's teaching his disciples. And he said this, If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of heaven and of the holy angels. Ouch. 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 Come on, guys, we need to stand up for the things that we truly believe. Does that mean that you've got to go out with a big, heavy Bible on the street corner and yell out? And if that's what God's calling you to do, by all means, go and do it. But I think that we have to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many of us during the first thing we say in the morning is, God, just bring people across my path that I can share my faith with today. Is that a a prayer that we have? Because I can almost guarantee you if you do, then he will give you that opportunity. I recently just had my hair done at a salon in town, and um, uh, the girl was just ask, asking me thank you. <laughs> the girl was asking me a little bit about what you do, which is always an interesting question from when people ask Murray and I what I do, what we do. And um, this young girl, she was just very young, she was um, in her last year of her apprenticeship and and when I told her what I did and then I told her a little bit about the organisation I run, Go Beyond the Borders, she looked at me and she said, "Um, wow, she said, "Um, I actually used to go to youth group at Middle Ridge in town and she said, I haven't actually been for a long time. And I said, oh, really? I said, well, maybe you just need to reconnect again. She said, yeah, I think I do. She said, but I really like the sound of your trips and stuff as well. And we just got talking. So you just don't know what encouragement you may give to someone. And this is the thing. That wasn't a deep spiritual conversation. Those happen occasionally. But this was just an encouragement. Just an encouragement about what I do. And she felt encouraged to possibly get back to church. Someone who stood really strong in their beliefs and trust in God, even though the world around them was pushing them in a certain direction, was Daniel. And he did this with strength and passion. But I don't know, if you go back and read the story of Daniel, it's an incredible story because he did this with love towards the king, with humility and respect. He didn't do it in a way that was like, you know, really forthcoming or whatever, he just stood what he felt he needed to stand for, um, even at the risk of being thrown into a lion's den. I don't want to open up this can of worms, but go and read it for yourself because it's such an interesting story, especially because the community, the way things were going were really going in a certain direction, similar to our world today. And so I would challenge you this week to maybe read the book of Daniel and just um, see what, see what, how he lived, but then how God came through for him when he stood. Amazing story. Another one is someone um, that Maz and I, we actually have just finished reading a book called Why I Stand by Jonathan Isaac. Um, and it's a, a black NBA player from Orlando Magic. Who's into their NBA basketball here? Yeah, a couple of people. Great. Well, come with me anyway. Um, he decided not to kneel at a um, for the Black Lives Matter movement at an NBA game because of his convictions and beliefs. It's actually a long story. Like, it's a whole book, so get the book if you want to go into, well, why was he doing that for, you know, something that's seemingly so such a positive thing, but um, he had his reasons. And the more you find out about some of these organisations, the it's interesting, let's just say. Um, yeah, so he just felt he needed to listen to God and not get caught up in the voices around him. And he didn't make a big commotion about it, although the media did. (laughs) The media decided, wow, here's a story for us. Everyone else is kneeling, why isn't he? But gee, he so beautifully talked about his faith during this whole um, process. And um, he just quietly and respectfully stood. There's a, I think there's a picture that um, there's a, yeah, he just very respectfully stood Um, He decided not to wear the top as well Um, and he prayed during this time. He just bowed his head and he closed his eyes and he did what he felt God wanted him to do. He stood because his hope was in Jesus and not all the voices that were telling him what he should do. You know, this is not an easy thing to do. You know, there's a certain community there that are pushing something. They're pushing their own agenda or whatever it is, and he decided not to say Now, I don't know if you noticed, but he's actually a black man too. So, and the guy, he's 25 years old now, but at the time he did this, he was 22. A 22-year-old guy stood strong in his faith and his convictions at a game where millions of people were watching where heaps of people criticised him and mocked him. And does that sound familiar? But he stood for his faith. (laughs) What would it look like if we were a community that was always prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have? We live in a world that so desperately needs hope. And it's a hope that only Jesus can bring. So as citizens of heaven, as ambassadors for Jesus, are we prepared to share that hope with others? You know, there's four things as citizens of heaven that I think that we need to be aware of. And to be honest, as I said earlier, I reckon there's probably 400 things maybe that's a part of your challenge this week too you know just ask God like as a citizen of heaven god what what are the things that you would want me to know i think there's so much you know and just when you think you know it and you've put god into a box it's like he just wants to break that box open you see that's a beautiful thing about the holy spirit is that um, he doesn't want to be confined to a certain box He wants to continue to challenge us to live our lives as God would want us to live. Why? Because he wants relationship for us. He wants the best for us. So we're going to pray now. And um, I said earlier that I wanted to give people an opportunity to um, connect and say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've heard all about this kingdom of God and you're like, yes, I want to be a part of that. I want to spend time with Jesus in that kingdom. And I want to give you that opportunity. But before I do, I feel like today that there are some people that need to lay some things down at the foot of the cross, that maybe they're little wedges, that the enemy is just getting in there and using to pull you away from being all that God has created you to be. And um, a few of us are going to be praying for people up the front. Just uh, if you want to come forward at the last um, song, then um, a few of us will be just down here praying for you that God will break that or any generational thing that he will break that and bring freedom to you. And, um, yeah, just nip it in the bud. So if you want to do that, we're going to be down the front praying as well. But let's just close your eyes and bow your heads and let's just pray. So if maybe that's you that you'd like, yeah, something's going on. I've got tingles in my arms and my heart's racing and I feel like I just need to say yes to Jesus. If that's you and you'd like me to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't need to come down or anything. But if you'd like to say yes to Jesus this morning, you'd like to put up your hand, and all I want to do is pray for you today. So if that's you, I'm just going to give you some time. Or maybe you've been far away from him for a while, and it's like time. He's just saying, come back. Come back to me. All right. Let me pray. Father God, I just thank you and praise you for every single person in this room. I thank you for the love that you have for each person. And Father, we're just so thankful for everything you did for us to set us free, Lord God. And so Father, I pray your Holy Spirit come and give wisdom um, to every single person here and help us to live as citizens of heaven. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.